This is 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the main ingredient, second half of the show. I'm Kevin Bergen. If you go to the website, peppersandpennies.com, the slogan reads, I'm cheap and I like to eat. Amanda Cortez, the creator of this awesome blog, shows her readers you can create luxurious meals with reasonably priced ingredients. Let's talk about peppers and pennies. And we're going to talk about you first, okay? All right. Let's talk about how you got into blogging. How I got into blogging. Well, officially, mm-hmm. I have a passion for food and computers. However, what Computer, it actually... Which is so strange. <laughs> I, don't even, I'm, I was about to say, I don't even get it when, hey, that's my life too. No, yes. ITN. Anyways, ITN food. However, officially, I was really bored after I got married and I was the let go of planning <laughs> a wedding. <laughs> Your husband's not going to like that statement. <laughs> no, no, no. So he's playing be like, Diablo. What? <laughs> and I'm like, what am I going to do with all my time now? Yep. So I started a blog in secret, but I started a blog. Right. Yes. Okay, so it was a blog about food at first. It was always about food. It was always about recipes you can create in your own home. Okay, so obviously you are a cook. You cook. You do all the cooking in your house. That uh, is your thing. Yeah, do all the cooking. <laughs> <laughs> you can't cook, no. Um, I think my husband can cook, but he chooses not to. There's oh, a difference. There's a big difference there. No, right? no, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Well, why? When you like it so much, right? Exactly. I think he has the easy way out. He married the right person. <laughs> yes, he's a smart man. Let me tell you. All right, so how does one become a blogger? There's tons of blog- bloggers for everything, every topic nowadays. So maybe, hey, what is blogging? How does one become a blogger or decide to become a blogger? What's, you know? Right. Right now on the internet, there's a wealth of information for any topic you can look up. So how do you rise above the noise and then how do you make it work for you, right? Right, like quality work. Exactly. So I don't think I started it the right way at all. I did buy my domain right off the bat, um, but it was kind of a a last minute decision. I was sitting there in my pajamas at nine o'clock at night, bored eating chips, being like, what do I want to do? And I just bought a domain. I went on to WordPress, started a website, had no idea anything what I was going to do other than I wanted to share my passion for food. Mm-hmm. Um, it is pretty simple to get into it. The only thing that is hard is being consistent with mm-hmm. your voice and your messaging, right. being consistent with your posting, mm-hmm. and realizing that blogging is not a solitary activity whatsoever. Mm. Blogging is a community. It's a community without borders, um, but it is a community. And you need to reach out to that community and you need to reciprocate in order to be successful. What if you reach out and people aren't interested in reaching back out? How do people, I'm sure there's got to be yeah. like, bloggers talk to bloggers. I'm right. sure there's got to be some form of a, a, acceptance that you are actually, you know, oh. a valid blogger or someone that's in it for the long haul. Because people must come and go like oh. like crazy, right? Right. So what I did is I joined right off the hop Food Bloggers of Canada. So it's an association that's run by two people out in Vancouver who are just passionate food bloggers themselves mm-hmm. and realize that food bloggers in Canada don't really have a platform or advocates for themselves. Right. Um, so what Food Bloggers of Canada does is they provide you with a bunch of information, how to start a blog, what to do while you're blogging. And then they also make introductions between other bloggers as well as sponsorship apps sponsorship opportunities, and just exposure. So I joined FBC right away, and they welcomed me. Um, the food blogging community in Canada is about 2,000 is their official numbers. Mm-hmm. But that being said, people start food blogs and leave All daily, <laughs> almost it seems. Yeah, for sure. um, so to have staying power, um, it really takes reaching out to that community and putting out quality content. So how long have you been doing it? I'm officially two years as of yesterday. Yay, <laughs> it's birthday, it's birthday. Yeah, I can't believe it. It's been two years of rapid growth, two years of challenges, two years of buying way too many groceries and tears when things don't work out. Mm-hmm. But it's also been two years of successes, celebrations, meeting new people, and just having a great time. 
Within those two years, was there a point that you ever said, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I had that almost initially. I put out my first post. So you were almost one of those oh, fly-by-night. I, I almost was. So like I mentioned before, I kind of did it in secret. So I didn't tell my friends. I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell my husband mm-hmm. what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting there sneakily taking horrible iPhone snaps of my recipes. And my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I just want to remember this dish. And... I wrote about it. I put it out on the web and, you know, you don't get traffic initially, right? I didn't right. understand the community aspect at that right. point, nor were my photos or my voice strong at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put out like maybe two or three and it was about mid-September and I'm like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but then my husband was on a work trip and he was scrolling through Instagram and he saw a photo of a dish that we had the other night and his initial thoughts were, someone is stealing my wife's photos. How did they get their hands on this? Poor guy. He's just <laughs> a know. nice guy. <laughs> Baby, someone stole your pictures, man. Someone copied your picture. Yeah. He got it online. Yeah. So he followed it and was like, wait a minute. I think this is my wife. So he comes home from, I think it was like Texas or something. And he's like, Amanda, what is going on here? And I said, well, dear, I started a vlog. And he's like, well, if you're going to do this, you're going to do this right. So he showed me how to work a camera, how to edit photos. He's been by my side 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think without his support, I would have walked away long ago. I think that's pretty cool that he just jumps right in there like, hey, you know, you're doing this. Well, either you're in or out. You got to do it properly, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's been my number one cheerleader. He's been my number one critic, which is good to have. Mm-hmm. He's he's keeping me inspired and grounded. So Amanda from peppersandpennies.com is my second guest on The Main Ingredient today. And we are talking about the work that goes into creating a good food blogging website. So how hard is it to get things right the first time? You're cooking something and, you know, you know that it's going to, you got, you're going to make it first of all mm-hmm. and it has to present well, right? So how hard is it to get it right the first time? You don't get it right the first time. I think if you set yourself up to get it right the first time, you're setting yourself up for failure. I myself like to try my recipe three times before I shoot it because you want to cook different times a day, You want to try it with different produce. You want to try it, you know, just differently to see if it's always going to turn out consistent. I don't want to provide a recipe to my readers or my future readers without knowing that it's going to work out for them. I understand. So I test three times and then maybe on my fourth time I take a photo of it. But sometimes on my third time if it turns out pretty. But um, That's a ton of work. It's it's a ton of work. and Like that's a lot of pre-planning before it actually gets to the stage that you actually take a picture of it. So there must be multiple things that are, hey, recipe A, I've done twice. Recipe B, I've done three or four times it's ready. Recipe C, I'm just trying it for the first time. Do you have a lot of things going like that? Uh, I have a lot of things on the go. I have multiple notebooks around the house with inspiration hits or I'm talking with my mom. Oh, yeah, that dish when like I was living at home, like what went into that? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And you just kind of you build from that. But I'm always trying out recipes. I'm trying it in the oven, in the barbecue, stovetop. What works best? Should I fry it? Should I bake it? Um, especially with baking, cookies, muffins, loaves, that sort of thing. That's a little bit more difficult for me. And that's where I see the most failures, and mm-hmm. that's where my husband sees the most tears. <laughs> but he, that guy must eat like a king. He has only ever not ate one thing that I ever made. And this was before I started blogging, and in his defense, there was pineapple mixed with chicken. And oh, it wasn't as if it was that. bad, like, oh, I'm not doing I'm not eating that. Sorry. <laughs> no, luckily, my brother-in-law also lives with us. Oh, So nice. I have two guys that are happy to eat anything. My dog, she will always eat anything. (laughs) And I have a great bunch of friends that will, you know, test recipes for me, give me critique. I invite them over for a mishmash of food that normally wouldn't go together. And they're saying, yes, Amanda, this recipe is good. No, I would 
I'd skip on that at, one. At this point, you don't even know if they're friends. They're your friends. There's like <laughs> ten people here, and some guy you don't even know is in your house <laughs> eating. Who are you? Uh, uh, I'm just I'm just here to eat. Yeah, I'm just here to eat. <laughs> oh, but I get that a lot actually. Um, my husband and I we had a wedding anniversary party, and you know, I made a bunch of random food, and like you know, friends of friends were over, and people were bringing me stuff. They're like, oh, I don't know if this wine is good enough to a food blogger's standards, or like, oh, I made a dip, but I don't think you're gonna like it. And I'm like, guys, I'm not a professionally cha- a professionally trained chef and I'm definitely not a food snob so Mm -hmm. I like food that's the only reason I'm doing this right the picture part what do you how was it to perfect that you said your husband that's what he did before yeah he showed you how to do it yeah he set me up with a Nikon we built a light box from a ten dollar like setup so light boxes or professional photography Mm -hmm. um that'd be a good topic right there's probably a lot of people that have no clue oh my gosh it's it's a whole world and the proper equipment is very expensive and as you know by my blog i'm i'm cheap i'm budget conscious Mm -hmm. and there was no way i was putting out hundreds of dollars on lights and potentially a thousand dollars on a light box Mm -hmm. so my husband you know he searched the internet he found a wiki article on how to build a light box we went to Home Depot, we bought a cheap box, lined it with white paper, bought a few cheap desk lamps with high, uh, high or like bright lights. And mm-hmm. that's what we've been using for about a year and a half now. Looks pretty good. It's it's a good setup. I remember and... when we met the first question, my first question, <laughs> my two questions. One was, do you actually make all that food? And you're like, yep. And second was, do you take the pictures for that? Because the pictures are like spot on. They're really good. Thank you. Thank you. And it's not just the photos, right? It's the post editing too. Yep. Um, in Lightroom, that takes hours erasing the blemishes is something that I'm now working on a little bit more and you know getting the levels right because what the photo you originally take looks nothing like your end photo Mm -hmm. um so but that's what gets you noticed in the food blogging community it's bright clear photos that you know have the cheese melting or you know action shots you breaking apart the bread something like that uh the photos speak for your work Amanda from Peppers and Pennies has far too much energy for me to attempt to keep up with her but I'm gonna try after we return from a quick commercial break more of the main ingredient up next. Welcome back to the main ingredient. Amanda from peppersandpennies.com is my guest on the second half of the main ingredient today. And we're talking about the work that goes into creating a good food blogging website. And she is also going to give us a couple of great recipes. I feel like taking a nap just from all the work that you like. That's a lot of work, man. Hey, <laughs> it is. And then there's the whole aspect of food styling on top of that. So, you know, you're getting your props, which I like to call them. It's like my mismatch of like linens and plates and cups and getting it set up. Mm -hmm. One of the first things I read when I was starting my food blog is when you're defining your style, are you talking, are you speaking about the food in front of you or are you trying to tell a story with it? And that's what I what I gravitated to is I want to tell a story when I in my light box, I'd like to set up like a fake like table setting Mm -hmm. right so that's why i'm not just zooming in on the dish i like to you know have glasses of wine and like the ingredients scattered about or maybe it's spilled over and i think it's more authentic and organic for myself Mm -hmm. and it makes i'm more drawn to those photos myself than just like a picture of a sandwich correct yeah um but that that that's the more stressful part for me actually because i don't feel like i'm creative or artistic so I'm looking at the color wheels, trying to figure out what goes well with what. Or... Oh, do you find you overthink it sometimes? Oh, I definitely do. I definitely do. And it can get expensive, too, buying props. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I've had people ask me, why are you buying one plate? And it's like, yeah. well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you got a minute. I want a seat. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so that's that's the food styling. And then there's actual, sorry, that's, like, the setup. And then there's the actual food styling. So um, I have, like, a chicken parmigiana recipe. And it was, like, getting the noodle, the bed of, the bed of pasta just right underneath. Because you can't just throw the noodles on a plate and hope it looks good. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of work involved in that. 
Wow, I need a nap after all you said. I'm like tired. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. And then you're rushing to take the photos before the food cools down as well because it won't look like how your readers will make it. You don't want a photo of old, dried up food. Right, because it'll look old and dried up. Yeah, that's – you have to work against the clock, that's for sure. Wow. What makes you want to do it? I like the creative outlook mm-hmm. or the – out. I guess I don't know how the creative aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I need to be creative in my life and I didn't realize that but it's really important to me. And I like sharing about food and I like sharing that you don't have to, you know, be buying super expensive ingredients or be spending – too much time in the kitchen mm-hmm. um, if you don't have those resources to put into it you can still eat well a creative IT person who knew <laughs> holy smokes never heard of that before all right so um, let's talk about the blog itself okay all right uh, what is the budget basic series mm. there's some really good stuff on there the budget basic series is a series that is really dedicated to working with your pantry items getting the best bang for your buck um, for example They are the recipes that you probably should have learned how to make in grade seven home ec, but you weren't paying attention. For example, I have my like roast turkey there. Mm -hmm. Everybody should know how to make one of those because if you're doing it right, it can be budget friendly. It can feed you for a while. Um, They're just the recipes that I feel like every home cook should have in their arsenal. All right. So let's talk about the camping essentials, which I find to be a really cool um, article, basically because when you go camping, we all know people bring hot dogs, beans, like just stuff that is super basic. Never really think of extravagant eating, but you have some great recipes that are simple. But if you actually did it when you were camping, people would be like, whoa, like what is this? Right. So maybe we'll talk about, um, first of all, how did that, how did you think that up? Is that, you know, were you camping and okay. So let's say you and your husband go camping. Yep. Oh, we do. You guys go camping. (laughs) Right. And let's say you're with friends. Do you all of a sudden bust out one of these recipes and people are like, what is this that we're eating? You know what? I find my group of friends actually almost all bust out these crazy awesome recipes. Do they really? Um, except one. One friend I've I seen I want to hang him. out with you and your friends. <laughs> one friend I've seen him put frozen burger patties directly on the flame that's way too high. So it burns. So then he scrapes off one layer and eats it and then throws it back on that the fire. That is gross. Yes. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> I've seen him do it twice now and Ugh. it bothers me. And that's what makes me think, you know, people do this often. But honestly, the camping essentials is all about... Well, us in Winnipeg, we're cheap. We want to go on cheap vacations. We want to get outside of the city. And camping is an affordable way for you to get a break from your everyday life, right? Sure. Yep. Um, but you don't always want to be eating hot dogs and beans. You don't? And, well, <laughs> I don't I'm always totally want to be I'm eating kidding, hot yeah. dogs and beans. Um, so I approached a group of fellow Canadian food bloggers and said, hey, guys, what are your favorite recipes that are like easy to bring on camping trips? So then I combined those with some of mine that you can make. Um, so I think a key messaging in when you're preparing for camping and thinking about what you want to make um, once you're in the woods is a prep before you leave and hit the highway because the more work you do at home, the better your mini vacation is. For sure. And be like, try to think outside of the box. Almost anything that you make at home can be made to a certain degree, either on a camp stove, like a Coleman stove, or mm-hmm. on the fire. Um, so just be a little creative with that and use a lot of tinfoil. I like tinfoil. <laughs> Let's talk about the tipsy campfire nachos. Oh, those are my favorite. They okay. look super good. Like when I saw that picture, I'm like, you're going to be in the woods, like camping, and you get to eat 
that? Yes. So it is a great one to make. You know, it's like 11 o'clock. The sun's been set for a while. You guys are a few drinks in. The guitar's going. And, you know, you don't want to get a little, don't want to get too tipsy. So let's, you know, you know let's eat something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tipsy campfire nachos, essentially, you're going to prep your seasonings before you hit the highway again. Mm-hmm. Put those in a little bag. And once you're ready, um, you're going to like brown in your cast iron skillet over the open fire. It can be made on a barbecue, too, in your cast iron, but it's way more fun to cook over fire. For sure. We all know I that. I love fire. Yeah. So, you know, you cook up your ground pork, your onions, your peppers. Um, in the skillet over the open fire? In the skillet over the open fire. Man, that must smell great. Oh, it's great. And then you add your, like, tomato paste, and then you crack open a beer, and you throw half of that in the cast iron, and then you drink the other half. <laughs> um, then you add your... You mean I, gotta, I have to empty? I have to oh, dump some of my no! beer? Oh, <laughs> not another beer. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't life difficult? Yes. Yep. So anyways, you crack open that beer, you pour half of it on, add your seasoning and your spices, you let that reduce. It makes like a nice like me- like meaty nacho mixture. Yep. So then you like use your glove or whatever you have to make sure you can hold your cast iron skillet. Take that aside and off the fire, you want to arrange your chips, mm-hmm. some cheese, yep. and then that meat mixture and do another layer of that. Then return it quickly to the fire just until the cheese melts and okay, so, uh, there so you have it. What you pour over the cheese and nachos melts the cheese. Uh, no, well, you put the cheese, the whole mixture back on the fire. Oh, gotcha. Of your yes. chips, your your meat mixture, and then your cheese, and then chips, meat mixture, cheese. Put yep. it back on the fire just for a few seconds. You can cover that with tin foil. Um, the cheese will melt quite nicely. I used a Canadian cheese called Tipsy. So it's actually like a moochly. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, actually, but it's um, a Swiss style cheese mm-hmm. that's been soaked in Canadian wine. Oh, so nice. It's a nice purple rind to it, and it is. Very um, so beer and delicious. wine in your nachos. Beer and wine in my nachos. Like wow, that's a I like booze. two thumbs up right there. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? But come on, hello. Again, we're in Winnipeg. We know. What we're doing. <laughs> All right, let's talk about um, the banana chocolate chip muffins. Banana chocolate chip muffins. Another great thing to pack on the road, especially if you have kids or maybe you're doing a hike. Um, cook those before you hit the highway. Put them in your backpack. Put them in your cooler. That way you don't have to, you know, heat up the fire in the morning if you don't want to to cook like eggs and bacon. Sometimes sure, just... you just want to, you know, groggily roll out of your sleeping bag um, and just have You've to You've never done that before. Easy. I can tell. Oh, never. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> never. Always heard. bright and chipper in the morning. <laughs> up with the sun. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, Last one, lentil and tuna salad sandwich. Right. This is a great thing to bring camping, but you're not going to assemble it at home with this one because your tuna cans, they're easy to pack, put them in a bag. You have your chopped up veggies. So in mine, I have green onion, green pepper, and celery, but you don't have to use those veggies. It's just the ones I suggest. And then you have some prepared lentils. I like green Canadian lentils. Um, You just boil them at home and put them in your cooler. Once you strain them and once you get to your campsite for lunch, again, no heat. Who wants to build a fire in the middle of the day when it's plus 28 like today? Um, Just mix that all up with just a little bit of mayonnaise and put it between bread. And that's a great, great meal um, if you're hiking outdoors all day, high in protein and super cheap. You can't get any cheaper than tinned tuna and lentils. Wow. You are a Winnipegger. You truly are. I'm a proud Winnipegger. (laughs) You are. (laughs) That's fantastic. Okay, so let's um, give people some basic information on how they get a hold of you, how they look up your recipes, maybe your Instagram and your social media, whatever you want to give. Awesome. So all of my recipes are on my blog at peppersandpennies.com. So P-E-P-P-E-R-S-A-N-D-P-E-N-N-I-E-S. M-O-U-S-E. I'm totally kidding. Um, yes, and I'm also pretty active on Twitter, Instagram, all of that. So I'm just Peppers Pennies. I usually drop the and uh, on my social media links, and 
if anyone has questions about cooking or making my recipes, trying to navigate blogging. I appreciate you coming in. Oh, I'm so happy to have been asked to come. Thank you, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) You're hilarious, man. You are totally funny. So bubbly. Thanks, man. Thanks. Amanda is very active and responsive on social media, so don't be afraid to reach out or follow her on Instagram, Peppers and Pennies, or her website, peppersandpennies.com. Also, get your tickets for the Kitchen Kumite Clash of the Pans Culinary Battle coming up September 24th at the Kitchen Sink located at 370 Donald Street. And you can get your tickets on Eventbrite and they're on sale now. Now get out there and enjoy Fest today and eat your face off at the Food Truck Wars. And I'll talk to you next week here on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.